This podcast is sponsored by Buxton in Bayside, the premier Bayside real estate agency. Welcome to the Bayside Bubble. I am Marie Lacey, and together with my co-host Kate Harvey, we are delighted to share fun and fascinating stories that make Bayside one of the best places to live in the world. The Bayside Bubble podcast is all about our local community, connecting with Baysiders who make a positive difference to where we live. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, Buxton in Bayside and Chisholm Constructions. So get on board and share the bubble love. Welcome back to the Bayside Banter listeners. Hi, Marie Lacey. Hello, Kitty Cat. How are you? I've been really good apart from the interest rates. Oh, yes. Going up again? Can we? No, we no, we can talk about it because we can. We've got a great oh, guest. We do it. have a great guest. But remember, our parents went through eighteen oh. percent in the eighties. Oh, we don't I, have a lot to complain I about. I know, I know, we don't. But we're not in that that space. We're oh, in this new space. I know. Interesting. But look, we've had a good time in the last few we years. We really have. So you're right. Positive thinking. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, well done. How are you anyway? <laughs> I'm good, especially since I just bought a um, a property. Oh, did so, you yeah, use Buxton? Thanks very much. Of course no, you did. because I, I already had it. I was oh, just buying it off of somebody, somebody else. else. I okay. Hey, um. <laughs> right. Well, it's <laughs> a good intro. It's a it? great <laughs> intro. Anyway, we're here and we've got a great guest, one of our sponsors, um, Buxton Real Estate. We've got Peter Hickey here today. We have. Thank you for doing my intro for oh, me. <laughs> you're taking too long. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Welcome, Peter. Good afternoon, ladies. Thanks for having me. You're nice very Nice to welcome. see you. We were getting sick of your colleagues, so it's nice to see a, a, a new face. I, I've been getting sick of my colleagues as well, so <laughs> you know what you're on. Here's to you, Sir Mark and, uh, and Christian for coming in. Indeed. We uh, love you, really. We do. We do. <laughs> anyway, welcome, as Thank Kate you. said. And tell us what's been happening in the Bayside market recently. But before you do... I know, I know. I want to. I want to get into that. But before you started, before we started the recording, we talked about your recent wedding. So congratulations from the Bayside Bubble. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, bro. Tell us what happened in Brazil. Oh, so Brazil, we uh, we were planning to get married back in uh, on Melbourne Cup weekend last year. Um, as we will all well remember, lockdown after lockdown Snap. after lockdown. So we had a postponement, and uh, then we rearranged when we were out of lockdown early this year and uh, had a wedding in Melbourne for uh, for my family. And that was a small little wedding in the gardens at Melbourne. But I had to go to Brazil because my wife, Rita, is from Brazil. So we uh, we jumped on a plane. It was only a 31-hour flight. That all arrived fresh as a daisy. Where, where do you stop to go to Brazil? Well, normally speaking, you'd um, you'd jump on a plane and you can fly direct to Santiago in Chile and then you hop over the Andes and into Brazil. But because that airline wasn't uh, flying into Australia or out of Australia, we had to go via Qatar, Qatar across Africa, across the Atlantic and in the long way. So, but uh, great airline and it was, it was, it was for a 31 hour flight, it was pretty good. Um, so yeah, we got to Brazil. We had uh, a couple of uh, trips away just to go and explore the Pantanal, which is an amazing part of the world. It's the world's biggest wetlands. That was uh, incredible. Got to catch piranhas. Swim, oh, you did? Swim with anacondas, yeah. Caught a couple Ooh. of piranhas, swim with anacondas. Um, saw some incredible uh, wildlife. It was just amazing. The birds there are incredible. The fruit is something you wouldn't believe. And then we went back into Sao Paulo and got married there for Rita's family. So Fantastic. COVID's been expensive. It cancelled one <laughs> wedding and cost me another two. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry, was <laughs> but it was worth it, it by the sounds, sounds of it. Yeah, yeah was was it was certainly worth it. Did you say it was the first time you'd been there or...? No, I'd no. been to Brazil uh, about three years earlier, oh, okay, but right. um, we'd have liked to have gone back 
you know, regularly, but mm. with, again, lockdowns for the last three years, that's uh, that's all been postponed, so it was well overdue. Mm. And can we not skip past the swimming with anacondas, please? Can we go back? Um, why? Why would you do that? Oh, because cause you can. Yeah. Uh, and the waters in these remote rivers are crystal clear. You know, okay. you're not allowed to touch the bottom. You've got flotation vests on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, more impressive than the anaconda, we were going down uh, a river called the Miranda River, which is on the border of Colombia and Bolivia, and uh, crystal clear waters, and we're floating down. But um, I was, I'd seen enough fish at this stage. It's about 4Ks into a 5K float. And uh, I decided to roll over on my back and just look up at the jungle canopy, which was amazing as well. You can see monkeys and macaws Stunning, and toucans. Right? And um, Rita was back about 100 metres behind me and she yelled out, oh, something jumped. And I turned to look at what something jumped was and there's this big rings of water. So something had jumped and I was assuming it was just a fish. So I just sort of watched for a second or two. And the next thing up popped this head and it wasn't a little head, it was a huge head. Now, bigger than mine, it had whiskers coming out each side. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe what I've seen. What it was, the rarest carnivore in South America, and it's not a jaguar, fortunately, because I'd have been in a bit of trouble, yeah. but the rarest of all their carnivores is called the giant river otter. And this is literally not your average otter. This is bigger than I am. And, oh, uh, I've never heard of I, them. I know. Yeah, Google it. It's I'm an amazing looking animal. Just about to. And they're very, very hard to find. And, in fact, when I caught up with the guide, because he heard me going, oh, my God, look what I've just seen, he came back and I didn't speak a lot of Portuguese. He spoke very little English, but I explained to him and he said in the six years he'd been doing that trip, and he does it nearly every day, taking tourists up and down this river, there was only about 10 to 15 of us in the group. He said he had only ever seen it three times before. He said, so for you to have your first trip down this river and see the river on it is, yeah. It's a blessing. Did anyone else see it? Rita saw it. Okay. But she had no idea what it was. It was, okay. Yeah, and she was 100 metres back. This thing was literally about four metres from me. So I tried to dive down and follow it, but it flicked its tail and it's gone. You're not going to see it again. Right, okay. So, so a rare sighting. Yeah. Amazing. Just Google it, Marie. That's scary. Wow, that is really frightening. Yeah, they'll actually attack jaguars. When a jaguar tries to take one of their pups, three or four of them will come out of the river and go and attack the jaguar. So they're pretty impressive animals. Do we have, are there many left? No. There's a protected species? The article I just found was that um, the giant river otter is feared extinct in Argentina, pops up. So what a great sight. Amazing. Wow. Gosh. Okay. One one of many amazing. Anyway. Well, congratulations on the wedding to you and Rita. And surviving the giant river River otter otter as well. Okay. So back to uh, to the the question question around Bayside. (laughs) We always love real estate. So what's going on? Look, the market certainly turned. you can look back in hindsight and say, well, the market peaked late November, early December of last year, and then we had the usual lull over the Christmas break, and it started okay for the uh, for the new year, but it's certainly been coming off since. Now, that said, for the, uh, the 2021 year, the market jumped by 20%. So if it jumps 20% in one year but it's come off 5% now, we're still 15% in front of where we Do were this okay. time last year. So yeah, yeah. It, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, obviously, interest rates, and there's another one due to be announced probably about now. Yes. Uh, but interest rates have obviously gone up a little bit. Again, historically, they're the lowest interest rates we've ever seen and are ever likely to see. So Correct. It's, uh, like it's not the bear land. People, people still <laughs> buy and sell homes for the same reasons they always have and always yeah. will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what was my question going to be? When um, we peaked in the November, December time, generally when that happens, people think, right, I'm going to get in the market and sell my house right now and make a fortune. So is that what happened? Did the market become flooded? No, it certainly hasn't been flooded. And okay. again, if you look at 
the numbers through Bayside. Bayside is always got the lowest, always has and always will, has the lowest turnover of any other part of Melbourne. Because when you live in Bayside, where you are you going to go? You don't, you don't leave to go to a better place. Mm-hmm. Now, we did see after the first couple of lockdown releases that there was a few people who said, I've had enough of this and I'm, gonna, I'm getting out of Dodge, I'm going to move up to northern Queensland or I'm going into New South Wales or moving into rural areas. So we've seen huge jumps in the prices of the Mornington Peninsula. Even down on the Ballerine, there's been a fair bit of a price hike there. Um, so those people just wanted to get out of Victoria or Melbourne at least. Yeah. Um, so there was a bit of turnover with that. But again, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people were just going, well, we're just going to ride this out. Um, our turnover's still low. Yeah. Okay, so there's uh, there's still the downsizes and the upsizes. That's most of where our buyers come from. Yeah. Right, okay. Do you think it's still um, the case to auction as opposed to a private sale? Some properties are more suited to auction because if they tick enough of the boxes that are considered the norm, then there's always going to be demand for them. If they're a bit more unique, sometimes it might be better to look at a private sale. So, and what, uh, what do you classify as unique? Uh, look, unique could just be the fact that it may have some idiosyncrasies that most people don't expect, um, whether it's the size of the backyard, whether it's the position that's, you know, it could be on a busy road. Sometimes busy roads aren't a great auction um, environment. But uh, as an auctioneer, I love auction. I'd, I'd be pushing, generally speaking, <laughs> most properties into auction. But um, there's some that you've got to look at and say, well, maybe that's not the best way to go. Okay, okay. What about... Now we're coming out of, uh, well, we're into winter now. Selling in winter. Because when last time we had Christian on here and Christian said, you know, of course, people don't want to showcase their home because of the gloom and, the, you know, they, you can do the photoshopping. But he said most people wait for spring, you know, for, for the beautiful photos behind the house yep. and the, the roses are blooming. What are your thoughts on that? He's quite right. Most people think that spring is the best time to sell. However, the best time to sell is when there's lack of supply. So if everybody waits to spring... And if you follow the cycles of real estate, so people who sell in autumn will normally have 60, 90 to 120 days to buy a property if they haven't already bought before they sell. So if they're looking over the winter and there's nothing coming onto the market, they start to make some probably irrational decisions. They might pick a property that doesn't tick all the boxes because they don't have the option of 30 other properties to look at. So supply-wise, winter gets a lot lower because everyone thinks it's cold and miserable. What most people don't realise is springtime, September, October, is generally wetter than June, July, okay, just in Melbourne's weather formats. So while everyone says, oh, we'll wait till the gardens are blooming, well, if everyone's gardens are blooming, you don't stand out from everybody else. Yeah, good point. So if I was ever going to be selling, it would be in the middle of winter or the middle of summer for the same reason because in the middle of summer, a lot of people will go on holidays. But if you've sold in spring and haven't bought and you get to Christmas and still haven't bought, the time clock's ticking. So you're looking, gee, there's not much coming onto the market. Whatever is out there will generally get a quite a bit of interest because those buyers, the seller buyers who've sold and looking to buy, in the middle of January, while uh, a number of agents are down the peninsula, I always stick around Melbourne because, A, <laughs> Sandringham's lovely this time of the year. Yes. Um, the beaches are generally deserted. You can drive into most cafes, restaurants, supermarkets and get a car park. Yeah. Uh, so sticking around Melbourne, just go down to the beach at Sandy is not a bad spot to be. Yeah. But also the buyers you deal with over that time, they're not doing it for the fun of it. They're serious buyers because they have to buy something because they're already sold. And the last thing they want to do is have to rent for another six to 12 months and then not sure, be sure where the market's going to go. So they're captive and they're captivated by whatever's on the market at that point. So how long have you been an auctioneer? Well, I'd be going a bit over 10 years now. And do you do specific training to become an auctioneer? 
At Buxton, we were always um, made to go through a series of training tests in front of our peers. You had to get up in front of the whole group, and it's a large group. I think we've got over 30 officers now. But back when I was doing it, it was probably about 10 officers. So you've got to get up there and present in front, and you've got to get your accreditation that way. So Tough um, crowd. It's a tough <laughs> crowd, again, but they understand what it's like. If you're, yeah. if you're doing it in front of auctioneers, they know, you know what to look for. Good science, yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience. And what's been the funniest or the weirdest experience or one of, um, during your time as an auctioneer? Oh, goodness. Um, I hadn't even thought about that before coming in, so there's too many to try to narrow it down. So I'd, um, let me think. While you're thinking, maybe and we'll come to you a bit later, but do you think being an auctioneer, when, you, when you're standing out in front and trying to corral the, the crowd in and get them involved, because you think we're, we've been to auctions before, there's kids playing, there's, there's, dry, there's cars driving past, it's be hard to try and get everyone's attention. So if, unless you're a serious buyer, how, how do you actually get people to, to, to come in and to draw them in? Uh, to get them close to yeah. you or to actually get them interested? To get them to listen, to get yep. interested, yeah. Uh, generally, I find if you, if you do a bit of research and a bit of homework about um, the particular property or the road you're on or the, the address, give them a little bit of a history and a background. You know, a lot of people don't know why we call the Gypsy Village in Sandringham the Gypsy Village. Okay. Um, there was one particular auction I did on uh, Bonanza Road in Beaumaris. I used to live there. Yeah, there you we did go. too. What number? What have been that same property? 22. It wasn't. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't you. <laughs> no. Um, but, um, and I remember the old uh, Western show back in the uh, the 70s, Bonanza, and, and I thought I'd better just find out what Bonanza actually means. So throughout the, uh, the auction, I drew people's attention to the word Bonanza and Bonanza means an abundance of goodness and an abundance of greatness or an abundance of good luck and charm. And so that's what I described at the property. You know, we have an abundance of all of these things, and this is why it's called Bonanza. So it's a little bit of just little things. A little bit of showmanship. It's actually yeah. similar to my, my name, Marie. That's what it means. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, so somewhere. Down. do you always tell the joke when you say, everybody, look at the crowd, look at the people around you, that's your neighbours? Do you always... I, gen I generally say, you know, you, you can tell who the neighbours are. They're the ones with the smile on their face. They already live here. Ah, nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. And we, we do encourage our neighbours to get out there because it's one of the great attributes. If you can actually, you find a good spot. You know, I've got a property down on the acorn patch at the moment. Mm. Um, and the neighbours all know each other and they sit out. And I noticed this during COVID when we weren't allowed to go and socialise. They were sitting out there with their Chardonnays and their mm -hmm. gin and tonics in the, uh, in the middle of the park, just keeping their social distance, yes. of course. But just to have some human interaction. They all know each other and it's really, it's a great environment. Yeah. What do you think makes Bayside the place to live? Because like you said, people are off up to Queensland. I mean, I would go to Queensland today because it's so cold. But why do you think Bayside is so appealing? The people in Bayside know why. It's the people who live in the other parts of Melbourne, so the leafy eastern suburbs, and you have your Kew and your Mulvins and Turax and whatnot. And they might be close to town. Everyone goes, oh, Kew, it's only seven kilometres from the city. Well, good luck getting on in your car and driving into the city from Kew at peak hour because it's going to take you an hour for the seven kilometres. You're better off walking. In Bayside, we just don't have that population around us because the fish don't drive cars. Yeah. And it means that we're we're not surrounded by people or traffic. Yeah. You know, it's nothing better. When I do have to head into town, and it's not all that often, rather than getting on the highway on the Nepean, I'll just go down to Beach Road. Beach Road. The traffic sits on a beautiful 60 kilometres. You've got a lovely view to your left as you drive into town. You see the city skyline. You've got some pretty houses on the right-hand side as you go past, and I keep thinking I'd like to be able to sell that one and that one and that <laughs> one and that one. Um, but the drive-in might take you all of about 25 minutes, even at rush hour. 
because the traffic keeps flowing. As I said, the fish don't drive, so they're not coming across. Um, it's the odd dog walker who's crossing on a pedestrian light. So it's, it's a much easier way to get in and out or better still jump on the train because that's going to take you even less time. But, um, yeah, so people who haven't lived here don't understand that until they get down here and realise you're not surrounded in every direction. Yeah, I think it's hard to to vocalise that to others when they say what's the pull of Bayside and, and you say the beach but they don't understand what that actually implies in terms of living day-to-day. Yeah, you don't have to be down at the beach day-to-day. It just means there's not that society and people that side and cars that side. So even when we were in the five-kilometre zone and half of the 5Ks was in the water, it was still, <laughs> it was still a good thing. And, and I'm sure you ladies would have noticed, I've never seen so many people walking along oh the beach gosh, tracks. Oh, my gosh, the dog oh, yeah. walkers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Gads. Yeah, it, no, was. it was just everybody because you couldn't do anything else. You yes. couldn't actually catch up with your friends unless you were going for a walk. I know it and, was like and, <laughs> and holding your coffee the whole way, so you didn't have to wear the yeah. mask. The That's whole time. right, a promenade, wasn't it? <laughs> and then when they looked at the radius, all those non-Bayside's oh, came I in. Know. How dare Suddenly they? we How started dare getting they? tourists again. That's so <laughs> and you could always tell they didn't. They weren't wearing walking gear. They were wearing nice stuff. They were. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they were. So, what about one question I have is. I was thinking about this before because our other sponsor is Chisholm Constructions. Great. If you need your house I know Chisholm well. He's a great guy. Yeah, on to Tom. So guy. Tom and I were talking before about just, and, and everyone's talking about this, this issue, is the lack of building supplies. So renovations are on hold or they've been extended for whatever reason. Has that affected properties coming onto the market? We have certainly seen that some developers who were buying properties back when the boom was on, so back before Christmas, um, quite a few of those guys have had to reassess what their um, margins are because their building costs have just blown right out of the water. Um, so they'll put it back on us as agents when it comes to selling. Okay, I now need to get this. Now they're going to have to hope that the market picks back up because they paid a premium at the time, their building expenses have gone through the roof and they're going to need a premium. Now that's the risk involved in... Um, that business. You know, they make a lot of hay when the sun's shining, but occasionally the market will turn on them and that's, that's unfortunately, that's the risk that they the have to undertake. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what about the rental property? You were talking, yes. yeah, that was your question, wasn't uh, yes, it? Yes, about the rental yeah. property. G- general terms, because um, I, I, I have read that we have a um, staff shortage in things like HOSPO and things like that because we haven't had international um, tourists and, and visas, et cetera, coming in. So is that also impacting on our rental market as well? Maybe not so much in the Bayside area. A lot of those hospo workers and the students that would have filled the apartments in the city, their vacancy rates are extraordinarily high in the apartments. Um, a few of the apartment blocks around Sandringham and Bayside, you'll find that is still probably a higher uh, vacancy rate than the homes and units. But the homes and units, um, there's people lined up when there's a, an inspection going on for a rental. There are people lined up to get in there and they're already filling in their applications even before they've seen the property. Mm -hmm. So demand is also there. Okay, great. That's good to know. Very good. Mm. Any other bits and pieces that we need to know about Bayside? I don't think you've covered it very well, Peter. Except my auction story. Well, what we'll do is we'll come back to that and you'll answer it at some stage. And, uh, yeah, think about that for next time. I will do. That's That's your homework for And if I can't think of a good one, I'll make one up. Just make it up. up. Just Google it. (laughs) So, Bayside,rs if you need some help with your selling or renting properties, please call Peter Hickey and the team at Bayside Buxton. Correct, especially now in winter because there's not a lot of... 
and that's on the market. Right. Correct. Yep. But we've had desperately low stock levels, and we've got plenty of buyers out there. So there you go. There you go. We'll leave it at that. Hot tip. Call Peter Hickey. Indeed. All right. Thanks for coming on, Peter. It was Absolute lovely pleasure. to have great you. Great to chat with you, ladies. Awesome. Great to chat Thanks. with you too, Peter. Thanks for listening, Base Artists. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you. Bye. Bye. Ciao. You've been listening to the Bayside Bubble. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support us, you can like, subscribe and leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Or if you have no idea what that means, just tell your family and friends, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, whoever will listen. Catch all the latest from us on Insta and Facebook and take a look at our website, baysidebubble.com.au, while you're at it. And of course, this podcast would not be possible without Buxton Real Estate and Chisholm Constructions. So thanks again. We'll see you next time on the Bayside Bubble.